This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. So I um, wanted to welcome those of you that are, that are online. You're safe. This is the splash zone right here, because um, I tend to you know, say a lot more um, than I mean to, but um, great to have you uh, with us as well. And uh, it's just good to be uh, here in Iowa, where it's a lot cooler than it is back in California, where from, I probably shouldn't have said I'm from California. Many of you are going to turn me out right now because I'm, you know, from that, from the, uh, the West Coast over there. But we are in France, and, and we didn't start out in France, but God moved us uh, to France through a dream and uh, through a, a crisis situation where um, we didn't expect to ever leave Bangladesh. And people will always say, um, wow, that, what a difference, Bangladesh to France. And, and we really say it's a different kind of heart. In Bangladesh, as Richard and Christy know, um, there's a risk there. We were constantly monitored by secret police. Uh, if a crowd did not like what you were doing, a mob could form and just beat you to death. We moved to France where the risk of dying through the, the fists of angry men is not there, but you die a death, a slow death of a thousand rejections because people don't want to hear the gospel. In fact, French culture says that religion and faith are to be kept within the four walls of your home and your church and never shared in the public specter. And you know what? We're headed there as a nation. We really are. But, um, and here in Iowa City, in this area, I know you face a lot of secular mindset as well. So we feel an affinity with you that we get you and I know you can get us in the difficult environment it is to stand up for your faith and to be a believer in Jesus Christ. It's not easy, but we join hands with you to say, let's not be discouraged. Let's not give up. God has miracles he wants to do in our communities and he wants to use you and me to do it. And so we're grateful to have this chance to share the word of God with you this morning. And I want to invite you to turn to Joshua chapter 14. We're gonna talk about one of my heroes in the faith, Caleb. And uh, we're gonna start reading in verse six. And then we're gonna jump over to Numbers chapter 14. But I'll start reading here. It says, Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly Follow the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness when Moses sent me on that journey. Um, today, I'm 85 years old. I'm strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country the Lord has promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. And so Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of the land. And Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Canaan, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. And then in Numbers chapter 14, 
God said to them because of their unbelief, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. As we read this passage this morning, did you hear a word that was repeated a number of times? Anybody catch it? Can you say it? Wholehearted. Wholehearted. I love that verse that says Caleb had a different spirit. And the word spirit there in the original language really means attitude. So I want to talk to you this morning about our attitude. Attitude is everything. It really is. Attitude in this story is everything. Because attitude is a, it's a choice that we make. Attitude is an inner feeling or an inner disposition that has expression outwardly. It's a mindset that motivates our movement. And wholeheartedness is an attitude. It's a different spirit. And it's an undivided heart. It's a, a healed heart, a passionate heart. As we were worshiping the Lord, uh, God wanted us to, to worship him with all of our heart. He said, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Because that's what he wants from us is his wholeheartedness. And that's what Caleb had. And as we see the story, there's, there's a couple of sections of the story, the, the before and the after. But there's three common things about what we find here in these two passages. It's giants, because the giants were there in Numbers. The giants were still there in Joshua. Caleb, who's still around, 85 years old, still kicking, and wholeheartedness. You see, if you want to make it, if you want to last, if you want to be around, that is an attitude that we have to have. They're, two, they're constants. And I want you to see that this is a story, but God's story always intersects with our story. And I want you to see yourself in this story, that you are Caleb. And I love I really appreciate the women because, you know, women, you, you, you hear message after message about men of the faith and you have no trouble relating. You're like, yeah, you know, Mo, you know but if I were to preach on, on Deborah or, or on Hannah or, or on Esther, the guys would kind of go, well, that's not for me. So I appreciate the fact that when I say Caleb, you know I'm referring to all of us, male, female, young, or old. And I want you to see yourself in this story. There are two Caleb's. There's the young Caleb, and there's the old Caleb. Now, if you don't know which one you are, just turn to your wife or your husband and they'll tell you which one you are. You're the young or the old. But first, I want to speak to the young Caleb's in the room about the giants in the land. And yeah, there's giants. Yes, there are obstacles in our life to believing God, following God, obeying God. But the people of God in this story did not fail because of the presence of giants. If you're going to wait to obey God because there's giants, you're going to wait a long time because there's all kinds of giants. These giants are, are not physical for us, but they are our lies. They are intimidating things that are going to stand between us and who God says we can be, who, what God says we can have, and they stand in opposition to us. But they didn't fail because of giants. They failed because of small-mindedness. Small-mindedness. You know, have you ever seen a chihuahua back down from anything? Man, just the littlest runt of a dog. And it doesn't matter how big the dog or big the person. Man, they're like, bring it on, man, bring it on. They, have a, they don't have a small-mindedness no matter how small they are. You see, attitude is everything when you're facing giants, things that are bigger than you. 
And in Numbers 13, verse 31, this is what they said. All the rest, the 10 other spies and all the people of Israel, they said, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Have you ever been around someone who saw themselves, everything through how they saw themselves? I'm small. I'm not talented. I, I don't have a lot of money. I'm not educated. I can't do it. And they, never, they don't fail because of the opposition. They fail because they defeated themselves before they ever started. Small-mindedness. They can only see themselves and how everything and everyone around compares to them. And in France, we face small-mindedness all the time. The small-mindedness kind of manifests itself in a, in a pessimism, in a negativity, where if a young kid says, I want to be a soccer star, I want to grow up and, and play professional soccer, you know, the teachers think they're doing you a favor by saying, no, you better not, you're never going to make it. They're dream crushers because they're so real, realists, and they say, no, the likelihood, the percentages of those that make it to professional sports are so small, I don't want their hopes to get up and get disappointed, so we may as well just crush them right now. Can you imagine? But oftentimes our dreams are crushed because of our small-mindedness. The small-mindedness in France has its roots in the fact that they have ruled God out of the equation. God doesn't exist. God is a myth. Man is the pinnacle of, of, of the earth, of creation. They don't even believe in creation. And so they've elevated reason to be God. My intellect, science, my ability to figure things out is God. And it's very tempting to live that way. But you know what happens? When you start coming and facing the giants of life, like the economy, like disease, like addictions, when you, this is what secularism is, is to say God's no longer the center of my life. I'm the center of my life. I choose my own gender. I choose my own future. I choose whoever I want to be. And we were never designed to bear the weight of the world on our shoulders to be God. And that's why France is the number one consumer of psychotropic drugs in the world to treat mental illness, anxiety attacks, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, post-traumatic stress, depression. It's rampant. Why? Because of a, of a small-mindedness that says God doesn't exist. But I'm here to tell young Caleb's, don't get petrified by the giant of fear. Don't see yourself compared to the giants. See, what is petrified is something that is alive, that is turned to stone. And oftentimes what happens is we can have a faith and a hope and an idealism that says, man, I want to make a difference, but then that passion is turned to stone because of fear. This current generation of Caleb's, you're trapped between two fears. The biggest fear for millennials and Gen Z is fear of missing out, FOMO. Man, we don't want to miss out. You know, we're scrolling through Instagram, and man, there's tons of people living the beautiful life. They look beautiful, they're eating great food, and they are visiting amazing places. Man, I don't want to miss out on that. But then there's another fear, fear of making a mistake, fear of failure, fear of what if, what if I try this and I fail? 
What if I make one choice? What if I choose one person for my, the rest of my life? How am I going to know that there, there are so many people I could marry? How am I going to know one person's going to please me? You see, we want, don't want to miss out, but we don't want to fail, and we're paralyzed by those fears. And as a young Caleb, you need to know that in spite of giants and fears, the choices you make today have incredible ramifications for your future. One choice in this story of a bunch of people and 10 spies meant that for 40 years they were going to lose out. It doesn't seem fair, but it's life. Sometimes one choice we make can set the whole course of our future. And Caleb's choice, because of his attitude of wholeheartedly believing God, was to choose to trust him. And it affects the rest of his life to where he gets to the end of his life. And guess what? God says, you see that promise back there? Because of your choice, it's still valid. It's still valid. So your choices as a young Caleb matter incredibly. So what was the attitude that set Caleb apart as a young Caleb? It was hope. His attitude was an attitude of hope. The degree to which you risk is the degree to which you are rewarded. It's all through the Bible. And we have a heritage as believers in Christ of people that risked it all. People that, that stepped out at great risk. When we were helping uh, train church planners in Bangladesh, these were Muslim converts who, uh, if they were to admit that they were a follower of Christ, they could be killed. And we were saying, you know what, God's maybe calling you to go out to this unreached village and to proclaim Jesus and, and, and plant a church. And there were times when we would read with them Fox's Book of Martyrs, one chapter every day. Because we said, this is the heritage. These are people that have gone before you. They risked their lives. And maybe if God called you to risk your life too, you know what, that's our heritage that's been passed down to us. Missionaries, who when they went to faraway lands, you know, generations ago, if I forget my cell phone or, you know, if I forget to take some coffee with me, you know, man, my, my life's messed up when I get there. They pack their belongings in a coffin, never expecting to return. Risk. That is our heritage. But the culture says now, the culture says now, it's too hard. It's too hard. And so that hope has to fight against that message. It's too hard. We have a young girl that's with us, uh, not young girl, but she's in her, in her 20s. I guess she's half my age, but her name's Nicole. And Nicole didn't know Jesus growing up. She grew up Catholic. I guess she knew Jesus, but she didn't really have faith. And her, she was uh, born in, in the U.S., but then her mom was from El Salvador, and when her parents divorced, took her back, and she kind of had problems, so she decided to live with her dad in L.A. The dad ended up kicking her out, so she went to live with her aunt in San Antonio. She went to university. And her dream was to be a doctor. And she had her course set. She knew exactly what she was going to do and be. And she got to San Antonio and ended up going to a Chi Alpha, a student group, Christian student group. And she met Christ there. So the course of her time there, God began to speak to her heart about giving her life to missions, to be a missionary. Went against everything she'd ever planned and went against her parents' desires and dreams for her life. And so she decided, I'll go for a year. I'll step out and I'll give a year and I'll just kind of test this out and see. So she stepped out. You know, while she was there, God confirmed, you know, I'm calling you to France. I'm calling you full time. And so she went back. And when she went back, you know, she had no support. 
She had to go back to Southern California to live with her dad. And all, none of the churches there knew her. No one knew her name. And she had a huge budget to raise. And that was a giant for her. God was saying, I'm calling you. But the giant said, you can't do it. It's too hard. She wanted to give up. But you know what God did? Because she took a step of faith and wholeheartedly followed him and believed him, God began to raise up pastors and leaders that went before her and wrote letters for her and invited her and gave. And you know what? She, she got all the support she needed. She came out. She's been with us for not two years, but now four years. She's leading our student group. We've turned it completely over to her. And guess what? Nicole is the one that you're going to help us through your Kingdom Builder funds to send to our first church plant in one of the cities that we've targeted. She risked hope against the message that says it's too hard. You see, Caleb didn't fail because he refused to listen to the whispers. The word, their bad report, a bad report spread, it literally means uh, slander or whispers. You can imagine, all the whispers kind of went through the camp and said, we can't do it, it's too much. No, don't believe, don't believe Caleb. Don't believe Joshua. We're gonna die. It's too hard. And you know what? We listen to those whispers, young Caleb, we do, we listen to the whispers, and they're in our minds all the time. You're never enough. You can't make it, you can't do it. And we listen to the whispers. Instead, you know what? We need to listen to another whisper. You're gonna to listen to one or the other. The other whisper is the voice of God. Remember the prophet who thought that maybe God was in the storm or the wind or the thunder, and all of a sudden the still, small voice came, and that was God's voice. So you're gonna to listen to one whisper or the other, and which is it gonna be? The lies that says you can't, that you can't trust God to step out and do and to be whatever he says. And when you can't say, when you say I can't, you're actually slandering God because you're essentially saying he can't. When you're saying I can't, what you're really saying is he can't and that's slander because that's a lie. He can and he does. Are you gonna be influenced by the whispers or the wonder? And if you listen to this whisper, you'll hear the creator say, it's my opinion that matters. It's my voice. You see, in, our, in this generation, we're so used to having everything that we need at our fingertips. Hey, Siri, you know, all we have to do, you know, and we can look up all these reviews and, and we can look up opinions and, and YouTube channel and learn how to do everything and, and get all the, and then once we've heard all the opinions and advice and information, then we can make a decision. And we're so used to that. What we're not used to is one voice, one voice saying, you can, you will, I believe in you, step out, here's my plan for your life. We're not used to that, and it's risky, and it causes a lot of fear. But I want you to know it's his voice, it's his voice that counts. One voice matters. Because it's what he says he's prepared you for. You want to rely on collective wisdom. Caleb had a lot of collective wisdom. He had he didn't have the cloud back then, you know. We had the Amazon cloud or whatever. He had the cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 13. That cloud that's cheering him on, Abraham. He had, he had the promises of God, Abraham. I'm giving you all this land for your descendants. Isaac, I'll cause all your descendants to become as numerous as the stars and I'll give them these lands. Jacob, I'm gonna give you this land. Joseph, I'm gonna give you this land. That's what Caleb had to go on God had promised again and again and again. And not only that, but God had delivered his people from through the, some of the greatest miracles the world had ever seen. 
And even though they, they had failed and disobeyed, they were marching around. God sent manna every day to feed them. It says their sandals didn't even wear out. Can you imagine those chocos that they strapped on at the very beginning were just brand new at the very end. And he has so much to go on to say, I can trust God. They failed because they forgot the promise of God in the process of dealing with the problems of life. They forgot the faithfulness of God when they began to face their own fears. But I want you to know, when I said yes to the Lord and I stepped out, when I stepped out and said, I'm gonna obey you, God, and I, I will believe you to go to Bangladesh or to go to Hong Kong, to go to, to France, I'll never regret it. And when I say, young Caleb, you can trust him. There's only one voice that really matters and what he says. I want to speak to the old Caleb's about the giants in the land. And your choices today don't so much matter about the future. They, your choices have a great ramification for your following, for your followers. Caleb is now 85 years old, and his best years have been spent wandering in circles, and it's not because of his choices. Somebody else. He's trapped in the dead end of the lack of vision and disobedience and the fear of everyone around him. Have you ever been trapped in the lie that says, if it wasn't for them, I'd be different today. If it wasn't for the choice my dad made, I might have a chance. If it wasn't for them, Caleb didn't do that. Caleb realized that in spite of the unfaithfulness of all those around him, it's his choice that mattered. Caleb could have regretted or complained or blamed those who went before him, but that wouldn't have helped at all those who followed him. He wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about his kids and his grandkids. And you don't do, we don't do our descendants any favors when we hold back and disobey. When we just settle for what's safe and secure, we don't do our descendants any favors because what we teach them is that you can't trust God for no matter what he asks you to do. That's why we're putting everything in these next, the last third of our ministry and our life into the next generation. Training mentors who will, who will mentor young men and women. Training them and, and, and pouring our life in them. Daily and I spend hours weekly discipling and mentoring young men and women at the cost of what we could accomplish for ourselves. Why? Because we believe in the next generation. Don't get paralyzed by failure Old Caleb's. We can be paralyzed by failure. Everyone around him was dying and having wandered aimlessly, squandered their opportunities. And there's going to be people all around you who, towards the end of their life, in the latter part of their years, will have abandoned their dreams and their promises because the reality of life just hit them so squarely in the face that they lost hope. And the life they've settled for is a strong deterrent to believe for something more. Because we settle into that and say, well, I'm just going to retire. I'm just going to enjoy my nest egg. I'm just going to kind of live out the rest of my years. You know, I, I, I've done my, my bit. It's time for someone else to take the lead. But Caleb is an encouragement that we can have faith that stands out from the crowd. He could have been affected by blame or bitterness or boredom. But don't let others penchant for staying behind steal your passion to pursue his promise for your life. What was the attitude that set Caleb apart? It was wholeheartedness. We said it already. Wholeheartedness. You see, heart beats heights every time. Well, maybe not in the NBA, okay? But usually, heart beats heights every time. So how's your heart this morning? Have you given up? 
Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred. When we've been hoping for something, we believe that God said something. When we had a desire to make something of our life and life ended up kind of giving us a bad hand, they dealt us a bad hand and we're thinking, man, I, I don't have the cards to play anymore. I'm just gonna fold. But I love this quote. It says, the tragedy of life is what dies inside a person even while still alive. And you're here this morning and you love God and you're here because you have faith. See, the problem is you don't have faith. You're here, you have faith. You believe in Jesus. You believe in his word. And you do believe his promises, but there's some promises that you say, it's too late. You see, that's, that's the message of the culture. The whispers and the lie of the culture is, it's too late. It's too far gone. You're too old. You may as well give, forget it. No one's coming to you. No one's looking to you. You're being bypassed. You may as well just... Settle. Maybe part of your heart's been disappointed, rejected. I don't know some of the tests and letdowns that you've been through. In the natural, maybe you have every reason to give up or summarize your situation. It means that there's no use resurrecting that old dream. But it's left you living half-hearted. And when you live your life half-hearted, I don't care how old you are, when you live your life half-hearted, the giants win every time. The giants win every time when we live our life half-hearted. And Caleb is an inspiration that no matter what we've been through, no matter what failure's been around us, no matter how bleak it looks, we don't have to live half-hearted. We can wholeheartedly still believe, God, you've got a mountain for me to climb. God, you've got giants for me to slay. God, you've got a land for me to possess that I'm gonna pass on to to my children and my grandchildren. I'm not talking about physical land. I'm talking about the promises that can't be taken away by an economy. So what do we old Caleb's do to get our fight back? We give the other half of our heart to God and let him make it whole again. And let him put a passion back in us. A passion that inspires a young generation. The God who can heal a withered hand and multiply fish and grow blind eyes back again can give you and I a new heart of passion. That's why wholeheartedness is found all through Scripture. Because God knows that our destiny of our, and that of our descendants need people whose hearts are wholly devoted to him. That's why Hebrews says today, if you hear his voice, and in this service today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. But if he's saying, come on, come on, don't give up, don't settle for less. Come on, believe me. Come on, step out. Come on, believe that God can use you to, to reach your neighbor right here. Believe me that God, believe me that God can, can use you to, to start a, a program to, to feed the hungry or to, to help disadvantaged children learn to read or whatever it is God's calling you to do. Maybe you're retired and you're thinking, you know, my best days are behind me, but there's still something in you to give. There's a young generation that needs to be inspired by you. I, I was sitting across from uh, a man named Ron Peck and, and Richard and Christine know Ron. Ron lost his wife to cancer. He's, he's 85 years old. He's the same age as Caleb and we're, he's supporting us and he's still serving in his church and he's believing for, for still for things and 85 and he said, Mark, I play three 18 whole rounds of golf every week. I've never felt better. God gave me a, a, a wife that after my, my wife died, I never thought I could, could have, you know, have such a future. 
He said, I do 25 push-ups every day. I bet you I could beat your arm wrestling. And you know what? I didn't even, I believed him. I didn't want to try. I, that old man inspired me. He inspired this young Caleb. And that's what we need, old Caleb's that'll inspire young men who their only inspiration for the dreams to conquer and to do great things and to fight giants is to do it through Halo and to do it through, you know, the, the video games, Mortal Kombat or, or the, whatever. I don't, I don't know all the games. But to inspire them. What does the culture say? It's too late. But the attitude of old Caleb's need to overcome and the pressure and common wisdom of the culture around us that it's time to retire and enjoy life and let someone else do it. But me, I want to be a pioneer. I don't want to be a settler. I don't want to be a settler. I don't want to live in something else that someone else built. I want to go out and I want to dig the ground and plow the ground and see something that didn't exist. That's his call for my life. And we haven't yet seen it yet. We haven't yet seen it yet because he said to us, he's given us promises, not only will God do something in Grenoble, but he's given us these six cities. We don't have the funds. We don't even have the people. But God put the vision in our heart and we're going back, you know, and, and it's empty nest time. One daughter, so it's first daughter in college and it's empty nest all combined into one. You know, it'd be easy just to stay here. And say, well, we accomplished a lot in Bangladesh. We accomplished quite a bit in France. So maybe it's just time to let the young ones kind of have their turn. No. Man, I want to rise up and say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to settle. Settle for a generation that hasn't seen the miracles of God. Maybe they don't follow God wholeheartedly because they've never seen anyone like I have with their deaf ears open or the lame get up and walk. Maybe they've never seen God bring something out of nothing that didn't exist. And I want to be the one that says to them, don't settle for less. Come on, there's giants, but we're going to slay those giants. We're going back to France to slay some more giants, and we're here this morning to say, come on, okay, Caleb, who's going to follow us? Who's going to join us right here where you're at? We're going to invest in the next generation. Even though there's a generation gap, we're going to find a way to break through. We're going to find young men and women, Caleb's, that are going to, going to, we're going to inspire and, and give hope to because they're lost in hopelessness. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. The Creator says, my promises and my call don't have an expiration date. They don't have an expiration date. So, young Caleb's, you can trust him. You can trust him. When Caleb said, hey, Josh, remember when that old man Moses said, we're going to inherit the land? I remember that day. He never forgot the day God promised. And when God had me stand to give my life to the Muslim world, I'll never forget that day. And my prayer is this is that today is that day for some of you. Today is that day where you'll look back years later and go, man, on, on October 6, 2019, I was in that service and God spoke to me and he put a dream in my heart and a plan in my future. And he resurrected my dead hope and I'll never forget that day. That's what I want for you. But you have to listen turn a deaf ear to the whispers of the enemy and listen to the whisper of God that says, I believe in you. I'm not done with you. You can do it. I've got a plan for you. Don't settle for less. Don't make your dreams match the, the weak, limited dreams of everybody around you that doesn't even believe in me. 
You've got a God who can create something out of nothing on your side. And I'm the one who believes in you. And listen to what I say you can be and who I say you are. Father, I pray right now in this room, you would speak because we need a promise from you. We need a promise from you because otherwise it's just false hope. It's being stirred up. But Lord, when you speak to our hearts as you can by your Holy Spirit to every single person in this room, you can take this message and apply it to where they're at and their situation and make sense of it all. I'd ask you to do that now. Speak across this room. Speak to young Caleb. Speak to old Caleb. Thank you, Father. You're speaking. You're here. You're here. If you're a young Caleb this morning with your heads bowed and you feel like God is speaking to you to step out, to believe, to have hope, you've been caught between fears and you've not wondered, you've wondered, what, you know, where, how am I going to make sense of my future? I, I, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel paralyzed. I feel, like, I feel like I'm lost. I want to hear a word from God. I want to have that kind of a promise that, that Caleb heard back in his younger days. And I just want, I want prayer this morning for me. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to have you come forward. I just want you to stand where you're at. Just stand. God's speaking to you, young Caleb. God's speaking to you, young Caleb, young woman, young man. God's speaking. Just stand. See, that's me. Man, this message is speaking to me. It's speaking to me. It's speaking to me. You know, I didn't plan to do this. I didn't plan to do this, but the Holy Spirit wants right now in this moment for some old Caleb's who you know you got something to give to the young generation and you know that you've got plans and dreams and you're still believing but maybe you sort of settled back and said, I don't know how to make it happen. But there's some young Caleb that have stood in this room and maybe they're just young at heart, but they need prayer. And I'm gonna ask for some old Caleb to stand on their feet and go to those that are standing and put your arm around them and begin to pray for them. Would you do that? Can I ask some old Caleb's, some old Caleb's who this message spoke to? And you said, you know, I got more to give. I got more to do. Now's the time to begin to step out and say, I'm going to come to a younger Caleb. Come on, we have more old Caleb. Just, just stand up. Why don't we all stand to our feet, make it easy, okay? Let's all stand to our feet. But if you've seen someone standing, go to them right now. Just put your hand out. Pray for them. Father, I pray as we sing this song, we're going to sing, we're no longer slaves to fear. No longer slaves to fear. We're not going to listen to the lies. We're not going to let the enemy defeat us anymore. We're going to believe and we're going to step out as pioneers, game changers, blazer, trailblazers. God, do it in us, we pray. In Jesus' name.